Studios, we have an officer basically around the neck area. To These two retired Vegas cops now podcast hosts. They don't have ID. They can't get into a hotel room. To, to get them the help they need, especially if someone even gets arrested. A lot of people don't know how the justice system works. But I want someone to actually know them and, and know that it's legit. I see a big 2023 for this group right here. Um, I would, in general, be wary of the storefront psychic. guys have going on is necessary, it's needed. Hey everybody, this is David Kohlmeyer, the Problem Solver. Thanks so much for joining us this week. Every Thursday these days, 5.45, 6 o'clock, we're going live. We're over here at the Sticky Paws studio. Every week we are bringing on experts and great people to speak about their expertise and how we can solve some problems and um, they can share some wisdom. So, Today we have our lovely co-host, we have Laura Powers. Hello, so great to be here as always. Laura's amazing, been with us for a while as a co-host, and today uh, was special, uh, we have Paul uh, here today, who's our new Problem Solver producer. Thanks so much, uh, Paul, for being part of this. Thanks for having me. So uh, let's move the microphone a little bit to you a little bit more, close there, okay, great. So Paul basically, um, <laughs> you know, it's funny, you put, <laughs> put it, is it bad to have it both ears? Yeah, because then I can't hear what's going on in the room outside of it. Why? You're going to be okay. We locked the door. You're safe. My bodyguard's right over you're okay, there. You're okay. We got the bodyguard got right bodyguard. at the door. We're good. Um, I, like I was laughing. It's kind, of, it's kind of like a Brooklyn style, you know, like I like that. So anyway, Paul's from actually from New York for myself. Actually, I was laughing the other day. I was saying that if Paul sounds like me, I sound really bad because I'm from New York and I've been here 21 years. And, uh, you know, I know our accents sometimes uh, seem to be, I guess, uh, what's the word for it? Abrasive. Abrasive, yeah. And <laughs> our mannerism. And so I, I just laugh and I'm like, does he sound like me? Or, you know, I'm like, wow, I, I sound pretty bad. But I'm here 21 years, so um, I can't lose the accent. It is what it is, you know. I used to say I'm from South Henderson, but that doesn't work anymore. <laughs> but anyway, so today we actually have an, an awesome guest here today that I want to find out more information. We have Mac Miller today from Miller & Associates. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, David, for having me. So, Mac, the reason why that you're here today is that I, I've seen you in some different networking events and stuff like that. And uh, I do know Candace with Real Vegas Magazine. I know she has an event going on tonight. And uh, I, I saw you on the front page of Real Vegas Magazine. And I didn't really know your story. So I figured, hey, let's bring him on. I'm sure he's, he's solving some problems. I know uh, because of my relationship with Paul here, he said, hey, you're a great guy. And you've been involved in a lot of different things. So uh, start out by telling us a little bit about where you're from and well, what you, doing? you know, unlike a lot of people, I'm actually born right here in Las Vegas, Nevada. Okay. And um, spent my life here uh, working in the community, you know, as a kid. Uh, not a great neighborhood, you know. I wasn't born in a wealthy family or anything like that. Uh, grew up with hard knocks, you know. Everything I learned, when I, when I give advice or when I talk to somebody about it, it's not just out of a book. And most of the time, it's from experience. Um, and I always knew what I wanted, what I didn't want what I liked and what I didn't like. I knew what was good and what was bad, and I always strive to make sure that, I, I'm all about kids, so I always try to do things that kept kids out of trouble or help them understand the law. Because in the neighborhood I grew up in, which was a block away from where the Martin Luther King statue is, it was just dirt, I saw a lot of things. You know, I saw a lot of bad things, and I knew that wasn't for me. I knew there was better things. And you can blame it on TV, you can blame it on whatever you want, but I'm that type of guy that says, look, TV does influence you. Mm -hmm. Because when I saw cool things on TV, I was like, hey, you know what? I like that car. You know, I got to do whatever it is to get that car. I, I've got to get educated. I've got to be smart. I've got to be a strategist. I've got to do whatever it takes to make shit happen. And which, which brings me to that, because that's what I do to this day. I learned through law school, through undergrad, that networking, meeting people. It's not necessarily, we've always heard the saying, it's not what you know, it's who you know. Well, a lot of people know Oprah Winfrey, but she doesn't know them. So they've got to know you too. You've got to make sure you stand out from the crowd, mm -hmm. right? I mean, look, look at reality TV. You've got a lot of reality stars, but you really only have a few reality celebrities because they always make themselves stand out. So one of the things I do for people is I help them show how they can stand out from the crowd. You can't go to an event without, you can't throw a fistful of pennies in the air without hitting a 
lawyer, a real estate broker, or an insurance salesman. But how do you make yourself stand out? Everybody's selling the house. Everybody's representing you in law, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's what I do. I learned to do it very well. And I built a, I, I now can say an empire off of that. You know, here I am a little kid from the west side of Las Vegas. And, you know, my family's gotten to the point where I can be driven around and, you know, in $400,000 cars, you know. And, it, and I don't just keep that for myself. There's plenty of people that I'll bring in under my wing and I'll say, hey, let's help out. Let's do this. Let me show you how to do, get this done. Because the best way, Zig Ziglar always said, you'll get what you want if you give everybody what they need. And that's as simple as that. But that's what I do. And it's in every field. Got it. I don't have a specialty. My specialty is negotiation. My specialty is being a networker. My specialty is, I, I have a saying, I'm in politics as well. I ran for lieutenant governor of this state. And you'd, in politics, it's cutthroat. It's very cutthroat. If you think business is cutthroat, politics is even more so. Mm -hmm. And I would always say, whenever someone says, oh, I don't like that guy or that girl or whatever, and they've never met you, specifically with me, Whenever I found out someone said they didn't like me, they can't stand me, I go out of my way to meet them. Because nine times out of ten, they change their position. Now, if I hear somebody says they like me, I don't want to change their mind, so I don't go out of my way to meet them. <laughs> smart. It's so, a smart strategy. It's just, it, it's a simple thing I do. And it's fun. I love what I do. And I'm never doing the same thing from day to day. From one minute, I'm helping someone sell a gold mine. The next minute, 38 marijuana dispensaries. The next day, I'm helping fly a kid in because he needs a surgery. So I don't like boring, and I can't go anywhere without meeting someone that I, that I like, that mm -hmm. I enjoy being around, and regardless of whether we have the same background, religion, race, or anything or not, I can find a common ground, and we can make it happen. You know, I think it's great. I mean, I think the whole concept of networking is really important. I think a lot of people um, don't understand the power of networking. It does take time in general. Myself, actually, even Laura here, you know, Laura's new to town. How long have how long you been in town? A little less than two years, but with travel, it's probably more like a year. <laughs> okay. Wow. So she's been, you know, I've been going to a lot of events. She's been going, like, she's, like, one person that I would say that's really, like, networking, going to different places. And it is a small town in general. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know if we popped up anywhere at the same spot by accident. I mean, normally these days we, we kind of tell each other about different right. events. But the truth is that you just have to network and meet people. I met Paul, actually, at an event um, that was a cigar club originally. And I actually, I think I thought I thought he had a great look. Both of you guys looked really good looking, and you Thank basically you. dressed well. And you, you, you know, I was a cop for 17 years, so anytime I can get into a t-shirt, you know, it's great. I was wearing a bulletproof vest for 17 years, and uh, had to make sure I look sharp. These days, if I could just be casual, you know, that to me it's amazing, you know. But you guys look sharp in general. Um, It'd be funny if I showed up in a suit and tie every day. What do you think, Chase? If I showed up with a problem solver? <laughs> I think you should tie? do it. Get a problem solver tie. Yeah, they would make fun of my other shirt I had was said just straight problem solver. I've upgraded to this one, which is my name problem solver. But these guys make fun of me of the shirt, you know? Branding. Yeah, it's all about the branding. Hey, I wear so. a vest under this sometimes. And the, truth, the truth is you never know these days. But with networking, I will share one thing that's funny. So with me, the reason why I started this show... So I'm not an attorney. I'm a retired police officer. But the goal was for me to become like a social influencer and to also uh, to be a face that people would know that if when they have a problem or a legal issue that they can come to me. Now, I love helping people in general since I was a retired cop. I, I love talking to people at 2 in the morning. I'm like, this is what you should do. Don't do it. Now, even though at certain points and points in times they need an attorney, then I'll refer them. And then we have a network of different attorneys that help people in different ways, whether it's for free or discounted, whatever the situation may be. But I love helping people. So my thing is, yes, I'm not an attorney. We talked about this with Paul since he's helping us out. The problem solve the goal is to help solve people's problems and, or, and refer them to the right direction or refer them to a network or, you know, whoever. It could be a plumber. It could be a lawyer. It could be a doctor, you know, in, in general. But I will share with you, I did go to Walmart the other day, and I was walking. I was looking at my phone. Someone says, oh, you're not going to say hello to me? And I was on the phone. And then next thing I know, they say, Mr. Problem Solver, you know, and I looked over, and it was someone I knew that I helped. So, you know, it takes time to, of networking and to also brand yourself, right. whether you're a strategist or you're helping people, if you're a psychic or basically you're helping people, you know, with their problems and so on. It just takes time. The more you network, they say, increases your net worth. worth. So yeah. I think that's important. So I, I think the key is network to meet people, meet good people as well, and then help people, not just to help people for you to get something back in return, right. but also to pay it forward. So, you know, I do commend you with that. In regards to you living on the west side, so I've only I've been here 21 years this week. Right. I came out here straight to be, I was a New York City cop, came out here, worked in Henderson as a cop. Um, you lived in the west side, you grew up there. Tell me a little bit about growing up since I was not here. Well, I'll tell you, it's, it's very hard for people to understand this. 
when I say I grew up on the west side, <laughs> geographically, it isn't the west. It's actually north. And, and if you're from somewhere else and, and I say to you, oh, I grew up on the west side. Well, when I grew up in, let's say, the late 80s and 90s, the true west side didn't exist. As a matter of fact, <clears throat> and this is something a lot of people know, you know, everybody comes to, they go to a nightclub, they go to a bar, they go to a casino, and they get in trouble, they get 86 from the club, right? And they say, oh, I was 86. I had people would always come and tell me, oh, can you help me out get back into this casino because they 86 me? I said, well, you weren't 86. He says, yeah, I was 86. I, they, they came out, they told me I was 86. I'm 86. I said, you weren't 86. He says, well, what are you talking You don't even know. I says, I know, because if you were 86, you wouldn't be standing here talking to me. Mm -hmm. And so the true west of Las Vegas was a desert. And so in Vegas, when they said the 86, that guy, they meant to send him out eight miles and six feet deep. So he wasn't coming back. So that uh, was code. I didn't know that <laughs> expression came from that. That's really good to so, know. So that's the code for that. Okay? You know, I heard that before, but I also thought the 86 came from California. Well, here's the thing. Where do you wrong? think they brought people when they from disappeared California? from California? Here. Here? The desert? <laughs> to the Nevada desert. Okay. <laughs> I never so, fully knew. I know if it was 86, but it's, you know, there's no... Eight, eight. It's eight miles out. So, okay. So here's the thing. I know Oscar Goodman and I know Carolyn Goodman and I know our mayor and our previous mayor and some of the people like, uh, you know, uh, Jan Laverty Jones, who was the mayor before Oscar. Mm -hmm. Okay. I know, you know, they won't talk about this stuff, but I'm known as the guy that'll cause problems. I'm kind of known as the guy that's not going to shut up and it's going to stir things up, but, but tell it like it is or like a TAI is, as my uncle would say. And so when they were building Summerlin, when they were going out there, they were finding stuff. Just like over the last several months, they found a lot of bodies at Lake Mead. Right. When they were building Summerlin, they were finding stuff out there. So where I grew up on the west side, which is technically the north, which is, you know, Washington area, mm -hmm. uh, just, just north of the 15 okay. and the Spaghetti Bowl. Mm -hmm. So I grew up over there. Um, the, the history of this town was that that was a barrier. That freeway, the 15, the 95, the Spaghetti Bowl, black people couldn't come. Uh, well, at my time, I could, but my grandparents, you know, they couldn't come past the spaghetti bowl unless they had a reason to, like they were working at a casino, hence the sheriff's card, okay? Everybody working in a casino today needs to have a sheriff's card, but what people didn't know was the sheriff's card was a card that black people used to have to show the sheriff to prove that they had a reason to be on the other side of town. Wow. Otherwise, they'd get picked up. They found out it was quite lucrative, and now they just make everybody get a sheriff's card because if you don't then you have to admit that there was some racism going on so i lived on that side of town was that was that the reason why they made that card you think the card was made it was it, it literally was a card <coughs> that if you if you were listen if you were black and you lived in vegas back in the day you couldn't come on the north the the the, the, the uh, south side of the 15 and the 95 the where the spaghetti bowl is if you notice where it says, welcome the historic west side, mm -hmm. that sign right there at the freeway entrance, everything on the north of that, that's traditionally a black neighborhood. You didn't come on the other side. It's like, in, okay, in New York, it's like you're crossing the tracks, right? You go, you go to the different boroughs and all that sort of thing, mm -hmm. right? You, you, wouldn't go, you wouldn't pass to certain neighborhoods. Well, the sheriffs, if you passed over it, you know, listen, back then they, still, they would stop you. So the only reason you would have to be on in a good neighborhood, so to speak, is if you worked for somebody and it would be a casino. So they created the sheriff's card and the reason they called it the sheriff's card was because it was just a card you would show the sheriff to prove you worked at a casino on this side of the freeway. And they still use sheriff's card now, but right. how do they use them now? Obviously now it's not they, that. Now, right they, now. They, now they use them just because you're working in the hotel industry. Okay. Now they just say, okay, we're not going to use them just for black people. We're just going to, if you're going to get a job working in the hospitality business in a casino, you have to get the sheriff's card. It's because if you stop the sheriff's card altogether, then you have to admit that it was a racist thing. <laughs> so you, you expand it and say, everybody's got to get That's one. That's interesting. So I lived on that side of town. You know, I live, look, I've seen, you know, you see the cartoons where they do the, sh the, the shooting and they show the a silhouette of a person getting shot at, uh, where my grandmother was running and we're getting shot at. You know, because people, it was just, a, it was the wild, wild west, okay? And I saw all that. And in, that I, in that area or all over Vegas? No, no, no. That was, because Vegas wasn't that big. Okay. Sumlin didn't exist. Mm -hmm. uh, Green Valley didn't exist. Mm -hmm. You know, um, Nellis Air Force Base was the only thing out there. So everything was really centralized. Okay. So you just had the strip. You had the, you had downtown. You had the west, 
side, which is technically north, right? Washington, Lake Mead, that kind of area. And you had like the Las Vegas Country Club area. Mm-hmm. You had certain areas of town that the uh, influential people lived, wealthy people lived, and then you had the town black. <coughs> it, was, it was just black and white. There was not really a lot of Latins. There was just black and white for the most part. And there was some Chinese, which ironically, I'm the representative for the Chinese American Citizens Alliance. I'm the local president and national rep. <laughs> so. Do you have any, any of that in your blood? No Chinese in my blood. I'm Native American. I'm Cherokee. Okay. But both of my daughters are half Chinese. Wow. So, and, and I actually was a part of the organization before I had my daughters. So that's kind of ironic. Um, but being from, that, being from that outlook, not coming up wealthy, not being wealthy when I, was, when I grew up, seeing the problems that a lot of people had, uh, being harassed by cops, okay, uh, so now, and don't and don't get me wrong. I'm, I support the law enforcement. Um, I, I've been pulled over a number of times, but every time I got pulled over, I knew exactly what wrong I had done. So I'm not gonna blame. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, look, it's a different it's, time in general. Yeah. I mean, and so I knew, as I got older and got into politics, law and politics, there's some things that, and I'm a Republican. I'm 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 the chairman. I'm the national chair of the Republican Chamber of Commerce. So I have all these titles that don't fit my demographic, mm-hmm. right? It's like, you're a black Republican, what? You're, you're chair of the Chinese organization, how does that work out, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Everything about me is like, I rode horseback and played golf, right, up from my high school. <laughs> I was supposed to play basketball, I was supposed to be a football player. I don't do anything that you would expect me to do, which is why I'm good at making shit happen. And because I can relate to every demographic, uh, you know, uh, every demographic I can relate to. You've been arrested, I've been arrested. You know what I mean? You've been pulled over, I've been pulled over. Mm-hmm. You had your lights turned out, I had my lights turned out. You tried to close a deal, sign a contract, get a gig, I've tried all of that. I've owned model agencies, talent agencies, car dealerships, mm-hmm. maid service, you name it, I have done it. And the best person you want working for you is someone that can understand where you're coming from and, and be very diverse, exactly. Mm-hmm. So growing up on the West Side was a, a godsend in my opinion because I could see what I didn't like. I can see that I, what I didn't want for myself or my future family mm-hmm. and strive for something better. And when I see young kids today, or now I'm 46, even 30 year olds are considered young kids. <laughs> and I go, ah, you don't wanna do that. I've been there, done that, trust me. You, you, you know, the, the, the prosecutor ain't gonna like that. Just stay away. So I try my best to do that. But I'm gonna tell you what, and everybody should know this, as much as we like to see people succeed, as much as we like to see people succeed, they get more ratings seeing people fail. So you have to remember that. When someone attacks you, it's because you're probably doing something worthwhile. If, there's no, if you're on a road that has no roadblocks, you're on the wrong road because the devil's on your shoulder. But if you're on a road that has some roadblocks, then you know you're on the right road. It's funny you say that on your shoulders since Laura is our celebrity psychic and <laughs> co-host. Do you see anything on his shoulders at all while we're here? Because we all have an angel and a devil, right? Right, 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 right. So I, I feel like you should start cleansing the room maybe before people come. You should do like a seance or something. I do my own little Maybe we should dim clearing. the lighting a little bit, Jason. Um, I've got sage in the back. You got sage? So here's a question for you. Perfect. So you, you made it interesting. Well, I want to share one thing with you, and I think that Paul as well. Um, Paul, you... When you were a kid, you grew up in Brooklyn, right? Yeah. In your school, was was it mixed? The people that were there was black, white, Asian. I mean, yeah, it was pretty mixed. It was mixed. I mean, I grew up. I was born in '79, so. Okay, so I was born in '76, but um, in New York City, where I was, same thing. '76. '76, July '76. I'm April. So, mm-hmm. what's interesting about where I grew up, which I was fortunate, it was a top school district, but it was mixed of people that were there, race, religion. So, I remember I had, you know, a Japanese friend, I had an Indian friend, I went to different birthday parties and different races, religions, and I do feel more diverse, you know, of a person because I grew up with black, white, you know, Indian, Asian, all you know, all different races, religions, and I feel I'm a better person being I was a cop for 17 years. So, you know, I dealt with all kinds of different people in different religions, and I, I'm blessed for that. Um, and I happened to work in Brooklyn in, in a really bad area. He mentioned Bed- Bedford-Stuyvesant. I actually was in Brownsville, East New York, where Mike Tyson grew up. And that's oh, why right. he started fighting is because it was such a bad area. And I know Mike. I know you know Mike, Mike yeah. yeah. So um, it's funny. I met Mike a few months ago at Planet 13. He was signing um, some books. Yeah. And I said, hey, I worked in Brownsville, you know, as a cop. And, you know, it was funny because that's where he grew up. Right, 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 right. So he walked the foot. I walked the foot post as a police officer. He walked on foot, you know, as a, as a kid. But that's why he started to learn how to fight because he didn't want to get picked on. Mm-hmm. But... Um, 
I think it's great to be diversified, and um, I think that it helps people. But it's sad for some people that you know if they're white and they go to a school that's all white and they never have a black friend or an Asian friend, right? They right. they just grow up differently, you know, and I, it's not the same. I didn't have so many. Uh, it was a little diverse in Vegas, but it really wasn't that diverse. Probably why I married every diversity. That's probably why I did that. Because you never life. had that. You never had I, that uh, experience of different people. I, I just married them all. <laughs> <That's good. laughs> We actually had a few dating uh, coaches here in the past few weeks, so it's been interesting. Question for you. You mentioned about bodies, um, and you're probably not familiar because on this podcast, we actually offered reward money um, for if someone found um, more bodies in barrels at Lake Mead. You mentioned Lake Mead. Did it have to be in a barrel? It had to be in a barrel that was okay. specific. Um, All right. I was, we, we, it helped the odd situation, not losing. For, yeah, because you know, I, I can go out, and right now, I mean, I'm not saying I know nothing about it. You know, I'm just saying I'm gonna go out and find it. So you've been here a long time. So you mentioned about like in Sumlin when they were building Sumlin, did they find bodies in the desert? Yeah, you would find remains. You would find. They remains. just didn't make a big deal. They just called no, a coroner and that was make it. Make a big deal. Listen, we, we look. Why would you make a big deal out of it? I mean, what, what, what's gonna come of it? They just investigated. They wouldn't make a big deal out of it. Mm -hmm. You know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's Vegas, right? You would you make a listen? Would you make a big deal out of going to West Hollywood and seeing a guy in high heels? No, because it's West Hollywood, right? Hopefully, there's not that many so, bodies. Well, <laughs> there I, are men I, in high I'm, heels in just, West Hollywood. I'm, I'm, <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. There's just there's a lot of skeletons, not even in closets, but just out in the desert. We've Fair got enough. Nevada. Look, we don't have. We have a lot of land, and we're not. We're as as big as we've grown. We're still. I, running for lieutenant governor, I had to travel the state, right? I traveled the state for more than a year running for lieutenant governor. When you drive from Vegas 30, let's say 45 minutes north of Vegas, when you hit Indian Springs, once you hit Indian Springs, you're going to go like four hours without seeing anything. People don't realize our state is still main, mainly mining, not gaming. Mining is number one. We mine a lot in this state because we've got nothing but land and most of what I think it's Almost 80% of our state is owned by BLM. Not Black Lives Matter, but Bureau of Land Management. <laughs> so, yes, there was, there was that problem. Look, Decatur, no one would go past Decatur, okay? If you were heading west, if you were passing Decatur, you are going out of town. And if you were passing Decatur in the city, you know where uh, Tula Springs, the park is, and, and uh, Floyd Land Park, it depends on what you know it by. You mm -hmm. might know it as Floyd Land Park. He was a sheriff. Floyd mm -hmm. Land was a sheriff here in town. Floyd Land Park, they changed the name to Tula Springs because apparently he got caught like shoving money in his jacket. So Tula Springs. People go to Tula Springs now, which, by the way, is in the middle of a neighborhood, okay? And, and now they go for an hour or two. When I was growing up, my grandpa would go to Tula Springs overnight. It'd be a weekend fishing trip. That's how far the city has grown. Now you drive out. I went to a event at Tula Springs. I was driving, I was driving, I was driving. We used to know, once you don't see anything, Tula Springs is coming up. Now, if you don't see anything, you've passed Tula Springs probably 20 minutes ago. So, yes. Interesting. So here's a good <laughs> question for you. So some people said that, you know, back in the day with mobsters, you know, being in Vegas, why better. would you take a body in a barrel to Lake Mead when you would just go out to the desert and just make a hole? Actually, I was at um, Oscar Goodman's house, Mayor Oscar Goodman, and that's what he said. Why would you go to Lake Mead when you just can, you know, go out to the desert? He actually said when he would go to a lot of these you know, when he got a shovel, he was afraid of putting the shovel in the in the dirt, <laughs> thinking that somebody would show up. And this is the mayor, you know, of Las Vegas. And now right. his wife basically is taking over, and they think she's termed out, right? Yeah, she's termed out. So, so we've got a lot of people do running you, would you, What are your thoughts about that for the fact that he thought, like, why go to Lake Mead? Do you think there's a lot of bodies in Lake Mead? Well, here's the deal. There's amateurs, and there's professionals. Got it. So who the professional? <laughs> so the professional, where where does the professional go? I mean, you go to the that, desert. I mean, and then if you're an amateur, oh yeah, over there. Now it's also not only that; it's not just professional and amateur. I also think it's it's uh, demographic wise. So like in the East Coast, there's no desert. You used to you know water is the method, right? Okay. So if you were let's say you were if you were mom, if you were if you were someone used to dumping somebody in bodies of water okay. and it was became the way most people get caught is because of their pattern, right? Mm -hmm. Their M.O. You're a cop, mm -hmm. right? The whole thing is your M.O. So if your M.O. is a certain thing, that's an M.O., right? If you're from the East Coast and all you're used to is dumping things in water and you come to, you come to Vegas, there's no, what's the only body of water? The, albeit man-made, right? So that's what you do. 
because you had some of the gangsters that were out of California and they'd have been, they had acclimated to the West more so than the new guys that had come from the East, right? Mm -hmm. So if you were, if you were a made man or maybe you were, a, a, I don't want to say a fixer, but an enforcer, right? Or a capo or something like that. And that's how you did things. Got the it. first thing you think is, you know, cement shoes, a barrel, right? A barrel? Where are you going to find cement, right? Like <laughs> so I'm not, sure, I'm not sure if you know. So on this show, what we did was it was kind of funny back in the day when, and Laura wasn't here at the time, but the body situation, the barrel, what I did was we had a diver. He was actually from New York, Brooklyn. And he came on the show and we talked about the body. And, and my idea was to do like a crime prevention type of strategy to offer reward money where people would come forward to share information and also offer reward money if someone found another body in a barrel. But it really was to be more of a prevention thing, you know, and then also like see something, say something like the whole, okay. you know, for terrorism wise. Right. So there was a little bit different, different, different strategy. So he comes on and he basically says, we shouldn't go out there because basically people are going to get hurt if you're diving. So I said, okay, let's make it a certified diver. Right. So it basically goes out. We offer $5,000 reward. A lot of people were basically messaging us. People were going out. We got a phone call um, from parks, you know, federal parks. And they said, look, you Stop. cannot, you can't go out there unless you have a, a permit approved by the federal government to look for criminal activity and or um, archaeological purposes. Right. And the guy was calling the phone with me. He actually was funny. He apologized. Maybe he thought he was like rough to me on the phone. I said, look, I didn't know. You know, I said certified diver. Follow the rules and regulations, you know. Right, right. But I'm not sure if you know, there's been six bodies that have been located since the water has been going down. Only one body in a barrel. Right. And there was one guy that was on the show. He was Spanish. He only spoke Spanish, uh, Spanish speaking on the show. And he found like three of them. Because he's like out and adventurous with his, <laughs> with his, with his wife and kids. And uh, there was a torso that like kind of just came up to shore with his kid. And like, what is oh, that? You wow, know? that's gross. So <laughs> kind of crazy stuff. But um, so right now it's you been, ask you get you it's ask. true. But right now it's been colder weather. Now the, and, and the truth is the the water is, is still going down. Mm -hmm. It's supposedly it's the lowest since 1940, mm -hmm. and now it's very cold. It's still gone down. So I believe when it's warmer weather comes out, there's still bodies probably that are out there that will surface because it's been over what um, 80 years that basically that has never been this low, which sounds right. kind of crazy. So there's you know. So what's your take? I mean, how many more? I'm not sure if you know this too, by the way, but they told me that there's over like 100 barrels in Lake Mead that when they built Hoover Dam, they left barrels there. They didn't want right. to move them. And the question is what's inside. They won't move them because they don't know, but there is some type of map that showcases where, these where the barrels are GPS-wise because they don't want to move them. Right. What's your take on that? I don't know. I don't want to be right because if I'm right, then I'll get a knock on the door. So <laughs> I'm just curious. You've been here for a while. You know people. <laughs> so, you know, here's the thing. I don't know about the barrel. I don't know about the barrel thing. Uh, but there's definitely, without the barrel, actually the barrel helps to preserve the body, mm -hmm. you know, and preserve everything with it instead of it b breaking apart and sure. then floating off and going in all separate ways. If mm -hmm. it's contained in a barrel, then even if it breaks apart, it's still going to be somewhat contained. So, you know, I, I don't know if there's going to be a lot more in the barrels because you got to figure, it goes back to me saying the MO. Whoever's doing the barrel thing, He's only gonna do it so he, he's it's that guy. Got it. You, you know what I mean? It's like so I just pick Kelly or something. Like you know, you you have an mo. So if 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 you're known for shooting people in the middle of the forehead, then there's they're all yours. If you're known for dumping somebody in the barrel, they're all yours. So I don't think we're gonna find that many more in a barrel. But there's more out there. Obviously, there's definitely more. Out so you there. don't you don't think there's more in a barrel? I didn't. I said there's not many more in a barrel. Many more. So, you, so you think there could be a few? more? I think there could be a few more in barrels. Because that's a, that, you know, it's not a one-time, look. If there's one, there's got to be more, more if, than one. If there's one, for that, of course there is. Of course there is. Got it. We Paul, all saw Casino. Paul's from Bed-Stuy. What do you think, Paul? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> what do you think? We're, we're taking there's a guess. There's more in the barrels. There's more outside the barrels. I don't want to think about it. I shower we, in that water. We don't, <laughs> that's <laughs> the water we get through our water system. All right, it's interesting. Lori, yeah. any, any psychic, <laughs> yeah. psychic feedback? I mean, I or? definitely feel like there's quite a few bodies Got still it. out there. It's just a whole conspiracy. Seven we, barrels. We started a while ago, so it's still going the whole... It's you know. not a conspiracy theory. I mean, yeah. look at what it's, happened over the last three years. Everything that starts out, oh, it's a conspiracy mm -hmm. theory. And then next thing you it's know... All coming, and it's, it's true. <laughs> yeah, it's not coming true. It was true it's in the happening. beginning. They just, yeah. you know... It's so I don't I don't go too far on that mm -hmm. to call it a conspiracy theory. You know, Got this it. stuff happens. Tell us about you running for lieutenant governor. What made you decide to do that? The state. I, first off, like I said, born and raised here. I've lived on every, every, not just in 
North Las Vegas or the traditional uh, black west side. I've lived all over. I've lived, you know, in Henderson. I've lived everywhere in this, in this community. And over the last 15 years, I've seen our state and our city go to the shits. Mm-hmm. Uh, lack of a better word. And <clears throat> I don't like it. And the only thing that's going to stop it or even pump the brakes on it is for people who will stand up and not be the status quo. You know, uh, I've learned over the years, I've run for mayor. I've run for city council. Uh, I've run for mayor. I've run, run for assembly. I won my assembly primary race a couple years ago. And I learned that sometimes you can actually get more done not being an elected official if you, if you don't have balls. Uh, because as an elected official, people get into that office and they care more about keeping that office than making a change. Mm-hmm. And so it's like they get in there going, I hate what you do. You did this wrong. You did that wrong. Then they get elected after they campaign. And then next thing you know, they're making deals just to stay around. And, you know, I'm not in this to just stay around. I'm in this to make some significant changes like Donald Trump. Look, I'm a huge Donald Trump fan. Okay. I'm a huge Donald Trump supporter. Uh, you know, the man was railroaded. The, the, you know, the, the guy wasn't racist until he decided to run for office. You know, he stood right next to Rosa Parks getting an award from the Rainbow Coalition at the exact same time Rosa Parks did. But you didn't see that come out in the media. Uh, Louis Farrakhan, I, I never really followed the guy. I never really supported what he had to say. But he even he said, let Donald Trump do what he needs to do. Right. Because Obama didn't do anything for us. I mean, Obama gave us a bunch of cell phones. OK. He didn't give us any jobs. We can't even call in sick to a job with the phone he gave us because he gave us a bunch of free phones, okay? What good is a free phone? You can't, you got no job. So I believe that our state could be better. Do you know, what people don't realize is 30 years ago, Clark County was one of the top school districts in the nation. Mm. It was always one and two. We were always number one, we were always number two. (laughs) Now we're last. And the only correlation I have to that I hate to get too political, but I'm going to get political because it's what I do. The only thing that I can even point that to is that we haven't had a Democrat, we haven't had a Republican on the school board in more than 25 years until we got Katie Williams. And, and, and we, one person can't do all the changes. They can't do everything. They got to kind of do some negotiation to get us a little further along, which is what I wish he would do more of than the get along to go along or go along to get along thing. But that's why I ran for lieutenant governor. I ran for lieutenant governor because, one, don't need the money, okay? Two, I don't care what you think. If I get people calling me up saying, Mac, can you go to this meeting? Because they want to do this, they want to do that, and we don't support it. I had that happen to me in 2021, where one day I got a call, said, Mac, can you go to the county commission meeting? Because they want to they, they pass this law or proclamation making uh, you know, misinformation about COVID illegal. And, and will you speak out against it? It was the day before the county commission meeting. And I looked it up. I read it. I wanted to make sure that I was on the same page. And I agreed that it was wrong. And I went down there to that meeting that next morning. And I got thrown through a metal detector. And I'm suing the county for it to this day. And oh, that's right. So the video. So I. Wow, that's crazy. So I don't, I don't do things. I'm not, I'm not here. I, and I didn't get paid a dime. I don't, no one pays me to go to the city council meetings or the county commission meetings. No one pays me to go to school board meetings. I've got a daughter in the school district right now. She made it to spelling bee. She had a spelling bee. Uh, eight, I think she was like eight out of 350,000 kids. You know how long it took me to meet Nate Tannenbaum? I had to wait till my daughter to win the spelling bee. I never could win the spelling bee. So I was very proud of her. Awesome. But. These are the reasons, because now I'm a father, I'm a husband, I'm a son, I'm a brother, right? I'm an uncle. And when you're younger, I've always been this way, but it gets even deeper the older you get because you build these ties to your community. And then you look at the politicians and you go, hey, what the fuck is wrong with you? Why, you can't see that we should not be touting Las Vegas as a place to come to get an abortion? Okay, I don't care if you get an abortion, but don't make it your form of birth control on the taxpayer's dime. These are the reasons why I ran for lieutenant governor. And I also ran because whether I got elected or not, it gives you a platform. You have to run. I I encourage everybody out there to at some point in time run for office. I don't care how uh, logical or wacky your platform is, but it gives you one. And then that's the only time you're going to get any, 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 any news on what you're trying to say, right? I have run for office, and I agree. It's, it's such a 
learning experience. You grow a lot and also just get insight into the process in a totally different way when you're involved. Can't have thin skin. No. Can't have thin skin. <laughs> you got you got to find out things about yourself that even you didn't know. <laughs> okay, you I didn't know I was a white supremacist. You know, I got I was like I was like accused of being a white supremacist a couple of years ago by the, by the RJ. They put pictures of me and said white supremacist speaking at the state house and all this kind of stuff. So, but my thing is this. I'm a fighter. And when someone calls me up and they say, I'm trying to get this done or I need your help with that, I, I, I do my best to be there. And nine times out of ten, I make it there. I, I have the, the luxury of being able to work for myself and being able, right now, I might leave this studio and see a voicemail message saying, can you be at a protest in four hours? We're going to be in a candlelight vigil mm -hmm. to stop the doctors from getting fired because they won't take the COVID vaccine. Mm -hmm. Then I'm there. Because as long you know, as simple as that. That's why I ran for lieutenant governor. Who who was running against you at the time? Uh, well, we had okay. So the current lieutenant governor is Davos Anthony, which I support. Oh, so this, the, you, that's what it is. You just ran against? Them. Yeah, just ran anyone. So it was so it was in the Republican primary. That is, we okay. had we had, I think, two transgenders running in the the Democratic uh, Democrat. I, I take that. But don't let anybody. It's not the Democratic Party. It's the Democrat Party. Okay, they're Democrats. They're not necessarily Democratic because if they were Democratic, we'd have more freedoms. <laughs> okay, so, uh, but in, on the Democrat side, there was like two transgenders and you know the mayor, of, the former mayor of uh, Henderson, and she was like the only one I kind of really knew. In the Republican side, we had uh, myself. Which, which one was the Henderson one? That was Deborah March. Deborah March okay. was she the mayor too? of Henderson, and she ran for lieutenant governor. But on the Democrat side, so she did. Did she make it past her primary? I don't know. I can't even recall. I don't really follow it as much, but I know Deborah. I mean, it's just yeah. No, and I like her. She's a nice lady. Yeah. Um, there was myself on the Republican side. There was me. There was Stavros Anthony. There was a guy by the name of John Miller, who, whatever. And then there was uh, Tony Grady, who's a former Air Force pilot or trained. No, he wasn't. He was a pilot, but I think he trained pilots. Mm -hmm. He doesn't necessarily go fighting or anything like that. Uh, there was another guy. I can't remember his name. And there was uh, the entertainer guy, uh, Peter Pavoni. Uh, and I personally think that the only two that have been fighting for this community in this state was myself and Stavros Anthony. And I said, you know, I, I'm not going to take a loss to anybody but Stavros. I actually said that. And traveling this state and speaking to everybody in all the 17 counties that we mm -hmm. have, uh, I, was, I was actually happy that Stavros beat me in the primary because I would have been very, very, very disappointed if someone who the others – have never fought for this community. They're not from this community. And by the way, I think I'm the only one that did run for lieutenant governor that was born in this state. But at, at the very least, Stavros has been a representative of our community as a city councilman, uh, as a as a you know with the police department and so forth as well. Um, and I felt that okay, if somebody's got to take this race in the primary, I'm I'm backing Stavros Anthony, and I did. What was the how the voting against each other, what was the percentage? So I, I can't even remember the percentage. I do recall that John Miller confused people because of the two Millers. Okay. Uh, Tony Grady confused people because they're two black people. <laughs> okay. So I'd have people actually coming out saying, I voted for you when they voted for him. Oh. Or, or I saw you speak in, you know, up in Lincoln County or, or somewhere when I was nowhere near at the time, and it was, the, it was, it was Tony. Um, or someone would say, oh, I heard about you. Uh, you started that bank, right? No, that was John Miller, not Mac Miller. Who's the better looking so, one? Me, of course. Okay. Are, you me? Are you kidding me? I, no, listen, if it was on stuff, looks, was he as good looking as? If it was on looks, I'd be governor. Okay. So, <laughs> so I'm still fairly new to Vegas and Nevada, obviously, and so I'd love to hear why you think, as a whole, that Nevada has gone so downhill. So you mentioned the schools. California. All right, listen. Real simple. <laughs> it's real simple. Okay, this state uh, is a red state. We're traditionally a red state. We're a hardworking state. Uh -huh. And I'll tell you, I'm gonna, I'll throw this out right now. I'm going I'm to plug myself. So millersconsult.com, you know, you can learn more about me. But if you want to see that video of me being thrown through the metal detectors fighting for everybody's rights, you go to macmillerfornevada.com. You can see me get thrown through the metal detectors. Um, Chase, can you look that one up? Say it again. So, Mac Miller, M A C K Miller, the number four, nv.com. Four, nv.com, and that's yeah. the videos. I think I saw a little bit the other day. Oh, yeah. So, I'm sorry, answer a question. So, so, so here's, here's my take on it. It's real, we're a transient 
state. We're a transient city, more overly, right? right? And Vegas was not created. Vegas was not created for. I, I'll just say it. It wasn't created for poor people. It's no, a playground it for the wealthy and specifically Californians. Specifically for the most part. Californians to yeah. come over here and party their butts off. And oh, we're on the internet, so I can say asses. Um, party their asses off and then go back. Right. And so then the, the, because of the high cost of living in California, people realize, wow, it's I can get a I can get a three bedroom apartment in Las Vegas at the time for like eight hundred dollars. Right. And I'm spending three thousand in California. But but their habits and their ideals didn't change. So for all the people that leave California going, I can't afford it. Healthcare, this, that, I can't afford it anymore. They come here. And what they don't realize is the reason they can't afford it is because they voted for it. They voted for it all. Then they come here and they vote for it again, thinking, well, that's how I got to vote. And if you're going to vote the same way, then you're going to get the same thing. And so down we go. Down we go. Taxes go up. The, the current legislation, the Democrat legislation in Nevada now want to create, uh, uh, want to increase our property taxes 8%. They want, they want an income tax, a state income tax. We've never had a state income tax. That's honestly why a lot of people move here. People move here. And start we, their businesses here. Exactly. We don't have a corporate, we don't have a corporate tax in Nevada. Now, what makes you think that any, all these other states that are failing miserably, which have high corporate taxes, high state income taxes, they're failing miserably economically. What makes them think that we're going to be any different if all of a sudden we come up with an income tax and a corporate tax? I don't understand it. You can go to Detroit and buy a house for $1,500 as long as you uh, agree with the city or the county to renovate it within six months. Well, the problem, too, and from taxation perspective as a whole, is that once a tax is implemented, it almost always gets higher. So, for example, you know, income tax as a whole, it was always thought said to be a temporary thing. And then look at how it is exactly. now. It, once it's implemented, it not only goes up, but it, it not only does it not get redacted or removed, but it goes up. Listen, taxes overall were meant to support the war effort. It was temporary. Our boy, you know, our boy at the time, just boys, right? At the time, our boys were over there fighting, you know, with civil war, this, that, or, or you know, against the the British and all this. That we're going to impose these taxes to, for the war effort. <coughs> we'll get rid of them as soon as we win. That never happened, and it never does. And people think that. And here's the biggest problem: taxes never hurt the rich. Okay, because the rich can afford to move a rich person from California who has a company in California. He can move to Nevada or she can move to Nevada, get rid of their income tax, keep their company there. Now, the only people paying the high tax in California are the people that can't afford to leave there and have to work for the company. I can live in any state I want to and make just as much money and take advantage of the tax benefits in the state that doesn't have taxes. Poor people can't do that. When the Democrats say that they're only going to raise taxes on people that are the top 1% income earners in this country, the average person, I mean, I'll give you, what do you think you have to make annually to be considered in the top 1% income earners in this country? Just out of? I don't know, more than half a million. More than half a million. A year. So 500000 or more, mm -hmm. and you're considered in the top 1%. Mm -hmm. No, it's like $250,000. Oh, really? Okay. So like everybody, everybody's boss technically is like in the top 1%, but yet the majority of the people will go to the polls and go, well, this don't affect me. I don't make, I'm not in the 1%. So yeah, raise taxes on them. And then what they don't realize is, like Reagan said, trickle-down trickle economics, right? So what happens is they go and raise taxes on all their bosses. And that's why we don't have penny candy anymore. And the cheapest gum is $3. And we don't have sodas for a quarter. We don't have coffee for 50 cents. We have coffee for $3. That's why. Because when you thought you were sticking it to the man, the man shoveled it downhill. Mm. And he's still going, because my kid's still going to go to a private school. My wife's still going to drive a nice car. If the Uncle Sam said to me, you got to pay an extra $10,000 or $20,000 in taxes, do you think I'm going to tell my wife she can't get her nails done? No. I'm going to say, well, I guess I got to fire the poor file clerk in my office. It never affects the top guy. The product, the price goes well, up of services. And the wealthy people know how to handle their money, so they're going to get 
the right. less tax. Right. And you you write it off. And whatever. You, you, yeah. You, you set up trust. You write it off. You do that sort of thing. So all I'm saying is this. And, and you know, a lot of people don't think that this is work. But I don't know anybody that has a business that doesn't want a lot of people working for them. But the only way they're going to hire a lot of people is if they're not responsible for paying a bunch of taxes on those people they hire. If you start your business, you would love to have 20 producers in here raking in the advertising, raking in the, ho- uh, the, the, the guests. But when the Uncle Sam comes in and says, oh, wait a minute, you got to pay for all that, then you won't hire them. You say, we can settle for two producers, and, and we don't have to worry about it. And we 1099 them. We don't even make them employees. So it, the minute these politicians understand how business works, like Donald Trump understood how business works, we can turn things around and make it better for everybody. The little guy can actually come up. Let's showcase your video, and then I want ah. you to kind of explain what happened. Oh. And this is over, was it Grand Central Parkway over there? What is it called again? Yes, and at the county commission chambers. All right, where, so, uh, yeah. where can I find it on here? Right there where you see Laura Ingram, because Laura Ingram, I was on. Uh, this one here? Yep, I was on All with right. Laura Ingram. Let's showcase that video. Let's see if uh, we have sound. Yesterday, the Clark County Commission voted to declare a public health emergency over COVID vaccine disinformation. Now, when some citizens showed up to protest the vote as an obvious attack on free speech, security showed up and treated them like this. First Amendment right! First Amendment right! First Amendment right! The man you just saw shoved to the ground is my next guest, Mac Miller, who's also running for lieutenant governor of Nevada. Mac, now explain what was happening briefly in that footage. Did you do anything to provoke that response, Mac? I asked for a badge number and a name, Laura. Thank you for having me, by the way. Um, The county commission meetings are supposed to be run by the commissioners for the people of Clark County here in Nevada. And those people have a right to ask questions and be interested in what's on the agenda at these meetings. And what was on the agenda at this meeting was a proclamation to basically do away with Nevada's Clark County's First Amendment rights. And I was there to witness and oppose this proclamation. And that didn't get to happen uh, because I was attacked after trying to defend the people in this county. They will never stop me, Mac Miller, from being able to defend them, and they'll never prevent me from coming out to defend the people of this great state of Nevada. Now, this is an image of uh, what happened to your head when they slammed you into that metal detector, it looks like you got a bump on the head there. Um, yeah. Again, if you yeah. if you perhaps were had a different political affiliation and you were showing up to speak about some other protected cause, you would have been a cause celeb. Your your you bump know, would have turned into you, a you know a human rights travesty. I you know I'd be I'd be it, they'd be attacking the other side and and I'd be just the biggest victim uh, ever. But I'm not. I'm not because they don't expect that uh, African Americans or in my case American Africans of Cherokee descent, as a matter of fact, would be a Republican. I, I'm the chairman, national chairman of the Republican Chamber of Commerce. I sit on boards such as the Chinese American Citizens Alliance. It is lucky that Right News America was actually there on scene when this all happened. I blacked out. I was attacked by these security guards. And, I, and Laura, I, I want to point out so that our men in blue and our women in blue and first responders in this nation realize that there is misinformation. There's some misinformation out there. But no amount of misinformation should take away your First Amendment rights. And the police, let's get it very clear, the police didn't do this. This was not a peace officer or a police thing. This were hired security officers of the Clark County Commission that tapped me, so, so Mac, me to the ground. Yeah, Mac, is the goal here, or their intent, is to intimidate others from coming out and saying, you can't criminalize speech here. You're not going to ban speech because 
You want more people to get vaccinated. If that's a laudable cause, make a better argument, but don't ban speech. Are, are they trying to intimidate people like you or anyone from oh, showing up at these meetings, de period. Definitely a show of force. I mean, there are less people guarding our border prior to two days ago than there were guarding this county commission meeting uh, to prevent citizens from coming in, listening, and speaking their minds like they have a right to do. Mac, this is, again, it's looking more like a Hong Kong protest uh, reaction than the United States of America. Good to see you tonight. And while Americans, like my last guests, are being thrown out of public. All right. So what? Um, long story short, you something must have happened. You asked for a name and badge number, and then they kind of. Well, yes, they closed. They shut down the meeting. Is what they did. They originally, the uh, chairperson Marilyn Kirkpatrick, who was the county commission chair at the time, stopped the meeting because a, a woman didn't have her mask on correctly. Wasn't covering her nose. Uh, despite the fact that the mask would made a mess in the first place. And so they shut the meeting down and told everybody to leave, and that's great. And so we were all leaving, and I'm walking up out of the chambers while I'm giving a little bit of a report. Uh, and the reason I was giving the report, I was live on, I, there's actually other footage of me personally videotaping live because I, I said, you know, the people who called me the day before that wanted me to be here, maybe they don't know I came. So I don't really go live on Facebook or anything. So that particular day, I decided, let me go live. And I said, I'm Mac Miller. I'm here at the county commission meeting. I don't know who had requested me to be here, but I want you to know that I came to oppose this. And as I'm saying that, I'm walking out of the building, and there's a lot of shoving going on. And the security guards were shoving these women at the bottom of the stairs. And I turned around, and I said, hey, you can't put your hands on people. You can't shove people. So I turned back around. I said, yeah, they're shoving people down there. And then I got shoved. So then I turned around and I said, hey, don't push me. That's where the tagline, don't push me, came from. Don't push me. You can't shove people. By the way, get his name and badge number. And the moment I said that, the two security <coughs> officers turned around, bum-rushed me, threw my back through the double doors, and then as you can see, they threw me through the metal detectors. And, and, and now we're in federal court. So you have a lawsuit going on suing? Yes. Is it Clark County? Suing Clark County, suing also the security guard company. Uh, latest update as of, I think, December of last year, uh, after basically a year of the county saying, oh, there's nothing wrong, there's nothing wrong, the county uh, filed a counterclaim, a lawsuit against the security guard company. Mm. Well, just to protect their interests. Exactly. But that's fine. It, you know, we know who was wrong. Uh, and the, the, that video was seen by over 700 million people. Mm -hmm. And there were several people in the chambers and I think nine or ten of them that gave affidavits but there are at least ten people that when it started whipped out their phones and were live on whatever social media outlet they used and I didn't even know I thought I was about to be arrested and the mm -hmm. reason I did is because I knew they were gonna try and cover up something but they had nothing because they were in the wrong I didn't get cited I didn't get I didn't get cited for uh, uh, for trespassing because I was there lawfully okay. Um, I didn't get cited for uh, uh, assault or battery because I had my phone in one hand and a legal pad in the other. And the whole time this went down, my hands were up in the air when I was thrown through the metal detector. And I got the metal detector hit me in the head, which caused me to collapse. Is that the injury from that? Or was yes. It? So it hit, injury hit me in the metal detector, hit me in the head, which caused me to then collapse and fall and hit the back of my head further on the marble or concrete or whatever it is there. Mm-hmm. And so it's, you know, and that's why I have a cane to this day. I'm weaning Was my... Was the cane I'm, from the actual the incident? The cane is from that incident. Wow. So I am, uh, you know, I'm trying to get off this cane the best I can. But every time I do that, I end up, you know, almost face planting because I'll go, I'll go a while and then something will happen and then I'll lose my footing. How much more time do you think the lawsuit, you think six months, a year, two years? You can't tell. I mean, that, that's you, probably lawsuits that you, take forever, right? Yeah, you can't tell. And, okay. and I'm not worried about it. And the, th the thing about me is that I don't need to rush it. I've got a great law firm that's handling it, and they let them do what they do. The county ought to know what to do right. You know, no one from the county ever called to check on me and never say anything. No one said a thing about it. And people are afraid of liability probably with that yeah, as well. of course. Well, now the Supreme Court has made it so that you can sue employees. As of this year, Nevada Supreme Court says before, if, a, if the employee of a, of a government body in Nevada uh, did something wrong that was negligent or whatever in their authorities or whatever, you'd have to sue qualified the county. Immunity qualified immunity, yeah. yeah. You'd have to sue the county, you'd have to sue the state, you'd have to sue whatever. Now you can sue the actual employee. 
Real quickly, um, we got about five minutes left. I just want to ask, um, you know, everything these these days on the internet, we have a, a several different, you know, people that watch the show, what we call super fans. Um, a super fan, Steve, basically, you know, was online and he likes to do some research on different people. And I know that sometimes there's things on the internet about different people. And, and there's people that, that like to talk smack about you oh, or me yeah. or Laura or even Paul here as oh, well. Yeah. So I guess the thing is this. I wanted to bring up two topics that he brought up. If you want to basically talk about them and clarify. Sure. The two issues that basically, I, I think that even when you were running for politics, one was um, impersonating a police officer and right. then the military situation. Right. Anything that you want to share about those two topics? I oh, know yeah. nothing about them. But oh, too easy. Too easy. So the, the, the impersonating police officer bit came out of the Halloween incident where I was a police officer for Halloween. Okay. So, you know, I had the, the, the badge and the whole bit in my car and whatnot. And I actually got pulled over after the fact. And likewise, if you don't got anything else to arrest the person on, what do you do? You arrest them on what you can find. So find, show, having a badge is, oh, you've got a badge. Why do you have a badge? I was part of my Halloween costume. You know, you, you don't arrest anybody for impersonating a Playboy bunny. Uh, so why arrest me for that? So that's where that came about. The second Laura part, was arrested for a Playboy bunny. So, <laughs> right. So that, so that was where that came about. The, mili the military thing was actually quite interesting. What happened with that case? Then? Was it thrown out or what? You know what's crazy? You, how I, young were you? Now I can't even remember whether it was thrown I think it. I think it was. Bec I think it was. But how I many years ago were you? Oh, man, younger? this was... This was I'm now 46, so this had to be in the maybe 2000. So 20 years ago? Yeah, it was a while ago. Okay. So I, I can't even remember on that one. I know the I know the mil my military issue was in 2009. Okay. Seven, eight, nine. Yeah, it was in 2009. But what I discovered was one, I was new to a unit. I got blown up a couple times. Later, it came out that I'd been blown up by friendly fire. And because I was new to the unit, it was easy to move me around and ask me to take a chapter 10. So I had all the paperwork for that. I showed all that paperwork. And I said, there's no way I'm taking a chapter 10. So they decided to court-martial me. So I said, well, you can court-martial me all you want. What now, is a chapter 10? For those uh, chapter, basically, what I found out of chapter 10 was, because I didn't know UCMJ law at the time. Now I know it well. Uh, it's where you sign paperwork and say, the military's not for you. You just mm -hmm. want to quit. So... Me not being a quit, I fight. I said, no, I'm not quit. You want me to just step away? I, I get blown up. You send me to the 71st Medical, 61st Medical in L.A., and then you say, eh, military's not for you. You're a city boy. You're, you're not good for infantry. You can go ahead and get out. So in order to get out, go ahead and sign a, this, this chapter 10. So I do read. So, so when I read it, I said, wait, this is saying I'm saying that I'm quitting and the military is not for me. So I said, no, I'm going back to work because they couldn't force me to do it. Okay. So the thing was, when they couldn't force me to do it, they lost my records. Everything under the sun would happen. Like, you know, they thought I was in Fort Sill for three months when I was actually in Germany and just mm -hmm. all kinds of things happened. So what then turned out was I found out later they said, all right, we're going to court martial you for being AWOL. When was I AWOL? Well, you were AWOL during this period and this period. But that period was while I was at the 61st Medical. Now, one thing a lot of young soldiers don't do is they don't keep their records. But I kept my records. Okay? So I had I said, well, here's where I was. We proved all that in court. But, meh, 96% conviction rate when it comes to a UCMJ. Because unlike in, civil, in civilian court where all the jury members are like 12 people from however many hundreds of thousands in your county or millions in your county... Your jury in a, in, a, in a UCMJ action is going to be first, first sergeants, or I think it's, uh, I want to say first sergeant, from your base. So there, it's, like, it's like saying that all the 12 guys who work together every day are your jury. So if one recommends it, then they're... they're probably not unbiased. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's okay. I didn't mind that because it didn't hurt me any other than giving me that, that record. So when I got out, I lived my life. I said, all right, whatever. But I'm glad if I was somebody else, it would have ruined my life. And what I mean by ruined my life is I wouldn't have been able to get a job. I probably would have been on drugs and, and doing alcohol and killed myself or somebody else. I probably would have gone completely crazy. But I was always well off. I didn't join the Army till I was 29 years old. Okay, So I had, I had a few bucks in my pocket. But when I decided to run for office and it all came out, I said, that's not how it went down. I showed them the paperwork. It, deter it was determined that... They said, we couldn't find out where you got injured. You couldn't find out that I got injured? Because why? There's two sets of records in the military. 
One is injury by the insurgents, the opposition. And there's two, there's injury by friendly fire. Well, it turns out that the Explosive Ordnance Division had set off the bomb that threw me through the wall. And that's a big no-no. And since I was new to the unit, eh, let's, he'll go ahead and get out. Later on, I got taken care of. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> so quickly for you, um, as we wrap up, what is the future for you? What's your plans for the future? I'm sorry that your incident happened. I know that getting politics and stuff like that is not a good oh, situation. Yeah. I hope you recover you know, quickly from the you know, injury. I'm sure you have some good attorneys for it. But what's the future? Are you going to run again for something? Or? I will be, actually, I don't, uh, because I don't stop. Uh, and like I said, remember what I said earlier was win or no win, you have a platform when you're running. And so if you want to get points across and you want to get people to look at what you're saying, the Think about what you're talking about. Look at Joey Gilbert, for example. Mm -hmm. You know what? He did a great job running in the primary for, for, for a governor. But a lot of the things that he was saying with frontline doctors and things like that, nobody was listening to or wouldn't say. But he ran for governor. And the minute he started talking about that, all of a sudden he started looking into it. And ivermectin and all, you know, ivermectin or whatever. Mm -hmm. I can't even pronounce the words. But people started looking into it more. And then as it comes out, wait a minute. These things are valid. If you don't have a platform, you're done. Got it. So I encourage anyone that wants a platform that they don't necessarily always have to pay for to run for public office. Do you think Shelley Berkeley will make the next mayor? <sighs> Who's running against Shelley? Have well, right now, I think, if I'm correct, uh, uh, Victoria Seaman, who's okay. a city councilwoman, is running. She's Republican. You know, they're also Shelley Democrat? Democrat? Yes. Right? Okay. Yes. Uh, what do you think? Big Democrat. Because um, she was a congresswoman. You're right. I, look, I'll be honest with you. I, I know we keep saying this and beating this like a dead horse, but I, age, we need some young blood. Uh, what is she? She's just old. Nice lady. All right, look, I don't, I don't really know her I mean, that I'm assuming well, that she's influential, but, yeah, been around the block, she's, she's going to wind up winning. Been, well, I don't know about blind her around the block, but <laughs> she's been around. Yeah, I'm so she, she just I think it's she got saying, I think right? she got I think she got uh, like endorsed by Oscar or something like that. Um, who knows? Maybe it's going to work. But maybe the time for those old school endorsements, maybe that old school endorsements coming to an end, because while Vegas is still kind of Vegas, look, we did get influenced by the Californians and the new people. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and and the only thing I think she's got going good for her is she's her first name star would be. Look, right now it's more about being a Why, female. This will be first. First on the ballot. I mean, look, B. You know, what I mean, uh, it helps. You know, exactly. The people don't know how important it is. These people don't know who these names That's are. That's why you change last name to A. You you change, want, you know, well, you look at Canazari, or well, not Canazari, uh, the girl in the county commission. She changed her name from something that made it start with a C, and then she won. So, Shelly Berkeley. Obviously, he's got a great chance if he got... You mean that ran for judge? No, ran for uh, school board. Okay. But Shelly Berkeley, obviously, she's got a good shot because she's old school, right? But and she's got Oscar Goodman backing her, so everybody's just going to, you know, follow suit or whatever. But those are, but you know what? A lot of those people are dead. Hey, yeah, I said it. Hey, whatever. The point is, <laughs> she's old, and a lot of those supporters are dead. No, it's, it's, I mean, and, it's, not, it's and, not like you said anything. And, and now, negative. I mean, it's, Bruno it's, Mars could run, and maybe he would win. But the thing is... <laughs> The thing oh, is, what, wasn't Mayweather or something that he didn't he want to run? I didn't hear that. that I thought I somebody hear. said that. If he said, uh, well, you know what, he he could probably win. Who knows? But I, you got Victoria Seaman running. Mm -hmm. You got Cedric Creer. Now here's the thing: Cedric <laughs> Creer is right after Berkeley, right? It, it's a name game too. Cedric Creer is a city councilman. I think he's Ward Five. I think his biggest problem is he never leaves Ward Five, in my opinion. I mean, like he stayed like he stays in the black neighborhoods, and like you know, he's black people famous. You know, you know what the, you know the difference between famous and black people famous, right? Um, and Shelley Berkeley has been around a long time. Victoria Seaman, she's got a good following outside of just the black neighborhoods. Look, maybe Mac Miller might run. Who knows? I like it. Well, Mac, I really appreciate you coming on the show uh, and sharing you know a lot of the stuff. I know. Um, you, you've, you've been out there, and I'm glad to have you on the show. Like I said, I know you're on Real Vegas Magazine. You, you, you're out, you're networking. Um, and so I really appreciate sharing. And also, like I said, a super fan, Steve, likes to do research every time we have. Yeah, and, hey, and I love that. I'm here. not going to shy away from any questions. Maybe super, super fan Steve should be working for you in the future. Hey, I don't, look. He's, he's research and development. I don't shy away from questions. That's one thing that I don't do. There's two, well, there's two things I don't do. One, I don't write speeches. I'm always off the cuff. Mm -hmm. I said I won't write a speech until I get elected and I have something to tell the people I accomplished while being elected and I didn't want to leave anything out. Mm -hmm. And two, 
ask me the question, I'm going to answer the question. Because I won't crawl under a rock. And everybody makes mistakes. Those two weren't my mistakes. But I have made mistakes, and I'm not going to crawl under a rock. You've got to keep living your life, believe in Jesus Christ, the Lord, Savior. Uh, love your wife, your husband. Don't beat your kids. That's like the military uh, closing at the, end of the, at the end of the night. And then and, and keep moving forward. Absolutely. So Mac Miller with Miller & Associates, Chief Legal Strategist. Um, so we run something from the future. When you run, you can come back on the show and you can talk more about politics, especially when you run. So thanks Thank so much, much for joining us. Thanks, thanks so much, um, Laura, for co-hosting and Laura, Paul, as well as a, our new producer basically out there also helping us solve some problems. Thank you. So appreciate that, Paul. As usual, I'm Dave Colmeyer. Every single Thursday, we go on live, basically talk about different problems. Great people um, like basically Mac Miller here discussing, you know, I guess the future. You know, the future is going to be very interesting, especially after today. We'll see what happens with the mayor position. Maybe he may be running as well. You never know. So we'll have to support Mac as well. But uh, you can go to the problem Vegas. If you have a problem, you can call 702-999-1111, 702-999-1111. If you've got a problem, you can also text us as well. Be careful. Be safe. We'll see you next Thursday. Have a good one.